morning. Well, good morning, everybody. We're going to have uh, church this morning outside. If you're in your vehicles, you can tune into 87.9 and you can listen to us on there. Who else is cold? Raise your hand if you're cold. Oh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Woo! Well, let's, uh, let's praise the Lord this morning. And if I, my voice cracks up, it's only because I'm shivering. So uh, uh, forgive me if that happens. But I just want to thank you for joining us for our first in-person service for a very long time. If you want to sit, feel free. If you want to stand, feel free. Uh, and uh, yes, um, this is going to be a good morning. I just have a few just quick announcements before we get started. Uh, one of them is simply this. Uh, we're starting Alpha uh, April 12th, Monday night on Zoom. Uh, I encourage you, if you have friends or family, you want them to hear about Jesus, that is a great way of making it happen. So I want to encourage you to do that and join in. And then other than that, if you, uh, if you want to register for next Sunday, you can do that already through the same registration portal on our website. I encourage you to do that as well. Um, so let's, uh, let's worship the Lord this morning. You came to set the captives free. You came to bring us liberty. My sin and my rejection. With your blood and my acceptance. Because now I'm alive to bring you praise. When the Spirit of the Lord is there. The Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Every chain is broken through you, Jesus. When the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. blood has covered every sin. Your grace empowers me to win my pain and my oppression. But your blood is my acceptance. Because now I'm alive to bring you praise. When the Spirit of the Lord is there, it's Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Every chain is broken through you, Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Whoa. I'm free. I'm free. 
when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Every chain is broken through you, Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Thank you, Jesus. You are freedom. Oh, Lord, we welcome you here today in this place. Outside. Jesus, when we asked you to help us get outside of our four walls in our church, this is not what we meant. But we thank you anyways. We thank you that you are good and your promises endure forever. And that we, <laughs> we can still do this. God, we can be online, outside on the FM radio, all at the same time. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that there is nothing that you cannot do and don't want to do in us, with us, and through us. So we want to welcome you this morning. Uh, I encourage you to uh, raise your hands and wave towards those around you. Let's just wave at each other. It's been so long. Who are these people? They look like strangers, right? We can do that. We can still wave. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, and if you're online, I just want to say, hey, welcome. So great to have you here. If you're joining us right now or later, hello. Uh, we're just going to, we're going to continue to worship the Lord this morning here. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever man may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see his loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast the day of his appearing will come at last he lives he lives christ jesus lives today he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way he lives he lives salvation to impart you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. 
none other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Amen. He lives within my heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Carried a burden, but too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. Your invitation to let it all go. Father, fall into grace, done with the hiding, the reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again and again and again and again. condition you saw my condition had a plan from the start your son for redemption the price for my heart and I don't have a content can't comprehend all I know is I need you I run to the Father all into grace done with the hiding the reason to wait my heart needs a surgeon my soul needs a friend so I run to the Father again and again Again and again. Oh, we run to you, Jesus. 
what has been in your sight long before my first breath I'm running into your arms is running to life from death I feel this rush deep in my chest your mercy is calling out just as I am you pull me in and I know I need you now I run to the Father fall into grace down with the hiding reason away my heart needs a searching my soul needs a friend so run to the father again and again and again and again oh, oh. let's just make this a quick prayer Run to you, Father, or fall into grace. Done with the hiding, no reason away. My heart needs a searching, my soul needs a friend. So run to the Father again and again and again and again. Thank you, Jesus. We can run to you, Jesus. Oh, you never leave us alone, God. We can run to you now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let's just uh, let's take a second. And let's just thank him for what he's given us. It's Easter Sunday. Let's thank him for what he's given us. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we are born again into your new Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'll, I'll invite you to take a seat. I'm going to welcome Blair up this morning. Good morning. It's, it's so good to actually see you. <laughs> and, uh, my name's Blair, in case you don't remember me. <laughs> it's good to see you. And uh, so good to be together. So uh, let, let's, let's hop in. Do you, know that, uh, do you know that God has called us to hope? You, you and I, believers, he's called us to hope. The biblical definition of hope is to joyfully anticipate good from God. To joyfully anticipate good from God. That's, what, that's how the Bible would define hope. And really, I mean, there's no better time for us, right, than, than, 
Easter weekend, and uh, you know, the first Sunday that we've been together in months for us to talk about hope, and um, really, who couldn't use more hope in their life, right? Could you use more hope in your life? The world around us, um, I mean, it, really, our world is in such a place right now that, that hope feels like it could be like a tangible commodity, right? That, that, that really makes a difference in people's lives. And so today, what we're going to do, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the New Testament letter of Ephesians, and which was written by a man named Paul. We have been in a series on Philippians. We're actually going to go back to that next week. But today, I wanted to talk from Ephesians, and we're going to look at chapter 1, verse 17. If you want to follow along, you have a Bible that you want to open, or if you want to click there. And uh, I'm going to be reading from the, the New International Version. And, and here's the, one of the things to know real quick, as I'm going to start at verse 17, is when Paul wrote this, he's in prison. Okay, so he's in chains because of his faith. And so uh, that's just significant because of what he writes throughout the book of Ephesians. So we're going to start verse 17. It says this, and he's writing to um, the, the people in Ephesus, the church there. He says, I keep asking that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at, the, at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule uh, and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So there is a lot going on in those seven verses, right? There's a lot of descriptions, a lot of, a lot of um, information. There's a lot going on. And here's the thing to know. Whenever you read the Bible... Um, you should look for what are the main ideas and the main themes that are being expressed and talked about. And so in these seven verses, there's a lot going on. But the two main themes, the two primary things being talked about are God's power and hope. And those two things, hope and power, God's power and, and hope, are often linked in the Bible because they work hand in hand. So for you and I today, it's possible for us to work our way towards hope and um, to have more of God's hope in our life. So if you're here today or you, you're watching this or you listen to it later, whether you feel like you don't have any or very little hope um, or if you have all kinds of it, it's possible in God for us to have more hope. And so this morning what I have for us, based out of Ephesians, is I have three steps that we can all take to have more hope in our life. Because as our hope increases, we will see more of God's power at work in, a, in us and through our lives. So here we go. The first step that we take is uh, to, to have more hope is to back up. I need to back up. I feel like I'm already so far from everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see, because of the wind. Is that better? 
It is. Okay. So the, the first step to hope is to seek out God's wisdom and revelation. So verse 17 and 18 that we just read in Ephesians describes needing the spirit of wisdom and revelation and, and a heart that's enlightened. Well, why, why does it say that we need that? It's right in there. It says we need it to know God better and to know the hope to which God has called us. We, God's people, we are called to hope. So that means that God has set hope as a foundation for his people. That, that word, the word called, right, that's there in, in verse 18, it's an imperative. So what that means is it's a command it, 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 that given from God. So what God is saying here is that hope isn't a suggestion. It's not just a, a nice idea for us to consider. Did I just lose power? I just lost sound. Down back again. I have hope that this will work. All right. Yeah, some of you like that corny humor. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, right. So the word word called here is an imperative. It's a command. So it's not a suggestion or a nice idea for us to consider. Hope is not optional for a believer. And if you're struggling with hope, let me encourage you that God never asks us. He never asks us for something that we can't accomplish or that he doesn't provide us the resources in order to be able to meet the thing he's asking us to do or to be. He is, he's not that kind of God, and this is what grace is all about. So, if hope is joyfully expecting good from God, that means that it's more than just idle waiting with a good attitude. It's more than just wishful thinking. Hope is what leads us into action where God's power can work in us and then through us. And really, we need God's help to understand the hope that he's called us to. This is why we need wisdom and revelation. I mean, we need his help to understand it, how deep it is, how strong, how powerful the hope that he offers to us that we can then offer to others. He wants us to carry it. We do carry it inside of us. You carry God's hope inside of you. Even if you right now feel very hopeless for whatever reason, God's hope, if you know Jesus, God's hope is inside you. And it's there to affect the world around us. The resurrection is proof of God's hope for humanity. The second step is that we base our hope in God's power, not our own strength or abilities. Verse 19 and 20 describes that God's power is incomparable for those who believe. And it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. God is more powerful than sin and death. That's the point, right, of, of Easter weekend, of the resurrection. Sin and death were the greatest problem that humanity had, that we faced, and God took care of it. And so if God is more powerful than our greatest problem, that means he's also more, more powerful than anything else that might try to mess with us. Jesus is far above all authority, power, and dominion, it says. Nothing is equal to God's power. Absolutely nothing is equal to his, his power that we can even make a comparison to it. Comparisons 
usually help us understand something, right? We compare things so that we can understand uh, what it's like. For example, when I was a young boy, my mom used to tell me I was like a bear when I woke up from a nap because apparently I was quite grumpy. Not much has changed in 50 years, to be honest. I, I'm still pretty grumpy when I wake up from a nap. But, um, and it actually became a nickname for me because I was very grumpy when I'd wake up from naps. My grandma um, was often referred to as sunshine in a bottle because my grandma was a very happy person. Comparisons help us understand things, right? When I say to you, my grandma was like sunshine in a bottle, it creates an image in our mind where we begin to understand it. Here's the thing about God's power. There's absolutely nothing that we can compare it to because it's so great. It's so beyond what we can comprehend. This is why we need wisdom and revelation so that we can even begin to grasp the hope that's within us because of God's power at work. Nothing is equal to his power. God is so great, he's so beyond anything we could know or understand that it's incomparable. And it describes here in Ephesians that that power is a part of our inheritance because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, the Bible also describes that God's power is displayed or shown in our weakness. Right, Paul? Same fellow that wrote, wrote Ephesians wrote that, that God's power is, is shown in our weakness. And sometimes I think that that might confuse us because it makes us wonder why we still makes us wonder why we still have weakness if God's power is at work in them. So here's the thing to know about that. It's foolish for us to think that there's anything strong in us that we have to offer God. So we understand that there are areas in our life that we excel at that we don't struggle with and we would maybe call those strengths. And we would also understand that there's areas of our life where we don't excel, where we, we struggle and we fail, and, and where um, just that, we, we, we don't do so well. And we would understand those, we would call those weaknesses. But it's, it's foolish to think that God's power only shows up in the areas where we struggle and fail. It, it's foolishness for us to think that those are the only areas where God's power shows up, and, and, then, and then that we're somehow sufficient to meet God's power. Will it help if I turn this way? <laughs> okay, we're going to switch out my mic. Um, right? And then, so it's foolish for us to think that God's power only shows up in those areas where we struggle or we fail, and that we're then somehow sufficient enough in our own strength or ability to meet God in the areas where we don't struggle or fail. There. Is that better? All right. Let's try this. Because <laughs> that was super annoying. I mean the wind, right? Not... Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bill, for having me. <laughs> the comparison. <laughs> well, nobody said this wouldn't be without some adventure, right? God's power in us is holy and completely him. What we offer him is our whole self. We, we offer him our brokenness and our strength. And then what the Bible describes is that God 
delights in putting this incredible treasure in very fragile vessels. In the book of Romans, also written by Paul, it tells us that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. I mean, you talk about, talk about a reason to have hope, to joyfully expect good from God. This is why, again, this is why we need wisdom and revelation so that we can even begin to understand what's available to us who believe. To better know God's power, we have to know him. And that requires from us a, a consistent, a persistent relationship. And what that does is it results in a consistent and a persistent hope that lives inside of us. And that will have a deep and ongoing effect on our hearts where we can know the hope that he's called us to. We are called to hope. Hope that's founded in God's power, not our own. Now the word power there is, um, is in the original language, is the word dunamis. It's where we get the word, the English word dynamite. Because the, what it's supposed to describe is how explosive, how powerful God's power, how it is, how powerful it is. So much that it it changes landscapes, it, it moves mountains, or it creates tunnels through mountains if you feel like life has buried you under one. So as we pursue God, it, it, it changes us, it makes us more like Jesus, which allows us to live more fully in the truths of God, such as knowing the incomparable power that God has made available to us. The cross of Christ paid the price that was, you know, paid for what was owed for sin and death, but the resurrection conquered sin and death. The resurrection is about hope for the present and the future. What does that mean? Well, for the believer, it means this. It means live or die. You will experience God's power. You'll experience in life and in death. We're called to hope, and there's a wisdom that knows, not just in our mind, but in our very spirit, the core of our being, that knows God's power has overcome our greatest problem of sin and death. And so there's always hope. The third step is this. The third step towards hope is to bring every area of our life that's hopeless under the leadership of Jesus. Verse 21 and 22 tell us that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same power that's available to us, is what put Jesus far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that's invoked, it says, in this present age and in the one to come. Everything and anything that wants to cause us to live in hopeless places is subject to Jesus. It's under his rule and authority. In verse 18, right, Paul describes praying for the eyes of their hearts to be opened because uh, it, it's what we, set our, what we set our hearts on affects our beliefs. It has an impact on our ability to receive God's wisdom and revelation. Hope is, is something that lives in our heart. It has an emotional effect. Hope is something you feel. It's not just something that you know or choose to believe in. Hope is meant to be something that we feel. So let me encourage you to examine your beliefs if you lack hope in an area of your life. 
Here's some questions to ask yourself and to ask God as you spend time with him. Ask him, ask yourself this, is there a lie that I'm believing about God or about myself or about somebody else? Because believing a lie will always lead us away from hope. Ask yourself things like this, have I allowed past hurts or difficulties in my life to be more influential and powerful than the hope to which I'm called to in God? It's possible to have hope even in difficulty. Paul wrote this while he's in chains in prison, knowing that execution is probably his fate, and it ultimately was. This is why it's, it's possible for us to live, to have hope in difficulty, and this is why it's based, right, in our heart. It, it, it may not always seem logical. It might not always make sense or line up with what the, what, what the world, you know, the facts and what, what seems to be happening. It's a spiritual thing, and God wants to help us live in places of hope. We take steps towards hope by committing to a consistent relationship with God, where, you know, we, we read his word, where we pray, where we slow down enough to try and hear his voice. Because what will happen, <laughs> just, leave it, just leave it on the ground. All right. <laughs> What's going to happen is it'll lead you towards wisdom and revelation. It will remind you of the hope to which we're called. Let me encourage you to take time this Easter to look at the areas of your life where you're lacking hope because we are called to hope. God's made it foundational for our, our faith and, and increasing hope will result in, in increasing measures of God's power in our life and, and then it's available to those around us. However that looks. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going we're to pray this morning and uh, I'm going to ask you to, to think of, just to, for, for a moment, to, to quiet yourself and, and think of an area in your life where you're, you're maybe struggling to have hope. And I want you to bring it to God. And, and just say, okay, God, I, I'm surrendering this, I'm giving this to you. Right? You might recognize it as an area of weakness, but it doesn't matter <laughs> We're just always weak. And he's strong. And then remind yourself, as you bring it to him, remind yourself of what he's done. Jesus has dealt with and overcome our greatest problems. Sin and death. Remind yourself that you're called to hope that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you right here, right now. And in fact, it lives inside you. So, Father, we come to you right now as your people. Lord, we recognize that the last year has been a struggle, but God, <laughs> there were hard things and difficult things even before the last year. And so, God, we remind ourselves right now. God, we, we take hold of the truth that, Jesus, you have overcome, that you paid for, sin and death, and that you overcame it through your resurrection. You conquered it, God. That the same power that raised you from the dead lives in us. 
So Lord, we, we bring to you right now our hopeless or the area, our hopeless situation, the area where we're struggling to have hope. We bring it to you, God. We surrender it to you. And we put our hope in you. And God, I pray now, I pray that you would, you would respond to our act of obedience because you tell us that we're called to hope. It's not, it's not an option for us, God, that you'd respond and you would miraculously, your power would be displayed in people's lives today, right here, right now, in the coming days, that your resurrection power, God, would, would solve and fix things in an undeniable way, God, that it's you and you alone. Thank you, God. Jesus, we celebrate you. We celebrate that you have died and rose from the dead for us, for each and every one of us. God, may we be so very aware. May we have wisdom and revelation. May we be so aware of the power that your power that's available, that's inside of us, oh God. We pray this, Jesus, in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Um, just one quick announcement for you. Uh, parents, you can pick up your children from Sunday school in the playground area, and you would actually get there by walking down the front of the building to the... Um, there's another little parking area just to the east there, and they're going to be in the, in the playground. They're supposed to be having an Easter egg hunt if they're not frozen in place. <laughs> so as you go, parents, as you go, just please try and, and remind Are they out over here? Oh, they're still in there. Okay, they didn't get out for their egg hunt, I guess. So they're still in there, so you can actually make your way over there. Thanks, John. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Um, please... Uh, uh, be aware that you can register for next week and into the, the next uh, the weeks of April. It is on our website, a link to it. I don't have anything to base this off except to say I actually think we're going to be outside for a while. So get used to bringing your lawn chair to church. <laughs> Happy Easter. He is risen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a great day.